Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples, a horror podcast dropping your trick-or-treat bag every week. And do you hear what I hear? Well, it's your host, Rocky. And Blaze. And it's Christmas time! Uh, Merry Christmas! We're ring-ting-tingling, too. We are not... We're, <laughs> we are ring-ting-tingling. Very much. Um, yes, it is uh, a Christmas episode, I guess. We're, we're a little late with this one. Yeah, I, I had a couple COVID scares and yeah. uh, a viral infection, so I fucked up the whole timeline. Sorry. <laughs> not really. I mean, we're just a few days late, I think. We usually release on about Sunday or Monday, and it's... Friday, right? Yes, Friday. Yeah. So, you know, no, not the... Uh... But we have to give you a Christmas special. <laughs> yeah, we had to... So we Christmas had to... Eve... Well, you... well, I don't want to be a fucking liar. So whenever I say it's a, it's a, a, a you know, horror podcast dropping your trick-or-treat bag every week, we almost missed a week, guys. It was close. I mean, that doesn't really mean anything. And nobody really gives a shit about this podcast. <laughs> Anyways, if you're like, oh, you guys missed a week, I don't know. Okay, whatever. But somebody would notice at some point that they're, they're uh, from the, the date on the, uh, whenever you look at the podcast, you would see a discrepancy between the weeks. And they will call us out. And that will be egg on my face. So now we're, we're calling out first. Yeah. Yes. So we want to make sure we got here before Christmas, you have something to listen to. Before you had to go and visit your family, or maybe on the way to visit your family, or maybe just not listen to us ever, or maybe but, you're listening to a better podcast and that ends and it accidentally shuffles to this, and you're like, "What the fuck are they rambling about? Who, who knows?" Something like, to stick in your trick or treat snow cone on the <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do during Christmas. Mm-hmm. You go trick or treating for snow cones. For snow cones. Uh, but yes, this is a Christmas episode, guys. Uh, happy holidays, everybody. No matter what you celebrate. So, uh, this week we're going to be talking about what is considered, <laughs> at least cult-wise, a Christmas classic, <laughs> which is Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. Because if you've seen Part Two, you've seen Part One. <laughs> it kind of makes Part One obsolete. But I'll get to that later. All right. Because <laughs> people are going to get upset. Not people will probably get upset. But I, I think that Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 kind of makes the first one obsolete. Kind of does. Yeah. Um, maybe the first one makes the second one obsolete. Who knows? <laughs> um, but also, we have another curation of Blaze's Cabinet of Video Game Curiosities. We're going to have another segment of Mythology Biology. We're going to have a whole bunch of news that we're about to get into. We're giving you a stocking stuffer of an episode. But first, how are you, buddy? Uh, feeling better. I've been feeling like shit this whole week. so, And yeah. I've had three COVID tests, so I'm really tired of shoving shit up my nose that isn't <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> For once. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I remember seeing you... Uh, out Saturday, you kind of got drugged out to uh, get some, I guess, meet up with a couple people. And oh, you yeah. did not seem very happy to be out. No, you did I feel was not. not. You didn't feel great. <laughs> and I could tell. And I was like, oh, hey. I was walking to my car and you were walking back to wherever you were going. Very sadly. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, please, no. Uh, and I could tell. I don't think there's going to be an episode this week. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but there is, so it doesn't matter. <clears throat> but yeah, you, um, while you were at home waiting on the results of your AIDS t- COVID test, COVID. <laughs> Sorry, I get those two mixed up all the time. That's all right. Uh, I think it's the I. The I in both of them is what. This one that just throws this you one off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get mixed up every time. Um, did you watch anything interesting or anything? Uh, I did. Uh, I watched. Uh, oh fuck! I messaged you about it yesterday. <laughs> was it? Uh, what was the name of that fucking movie? Um, it's not all through the house, is it? I, it might be, but I want to make sure. I don't think it is. I just felt like coming. That's up what I. To all a good night. To all a good night. Uh, I knew it was one of those parts of that stupid song. Yes. Or quote, or I don't remember. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, so I watched that, and it's a, a literally released 1980. Yeah, I never heard like, of it. Yeah, I've never heard of it either. I just saw it sitting there, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I haven't watched this before. Let's put this shit on. And it was a very cheesy slasher. Like, was it good? <laughs> like was it entertaining oh it was entertaining in the fact that everyone was so bad at acting of course it was so bad um but you could tell like the people who were like yeah i'm quite a good actor but oh, they could always tell yeah they're like no you're a horrible actor <laughs> right yeah um so it was uh really fun and maybe next christmas season we should go over that one sure um did that I watched the Shutter Christmas special for the first time. Shutter, the, uh, creep the Creep Show. show Christmas yeah, time. so last year, it was last year, yeah, it was last year, Creep Show, uh, which is, they brought back as an anthology TV series on Shutter, put out a Christmas special last year as a live action one, um, starring, I forget who stars in it, but uh, it has a guy... That uh, goes to what you think is an AA meeting or, a, you know, some type of uh, uh, 12-step program meeting. Turns out that everybody there is a uh, aware something. Yeah, wear turtle, wear cheetah, wear... Yeah. And they have pig. to defend themselves against an evil Santa Claus. Yeah, because in the book of Bob, the missing part of the Bible, God made Bob to be a werewolf. Yes. And then he didn't want the werewolf, so he made Santa Claus and then to fight him and then Santa Claus decides he wants to go on Satan's team and he asks for a weapon to help him kill them and he gives them Satan's claws. So that turned into Santa Claus. <laughs> oh boy. Um it's just fun you bring that up. Because I, I remember hearing an interview recently with Greg Nicotero, who's a showrunner on there, uh, and also, you know, one of the greatest effects artists to ever work in horror. Yeah, I mean, and, and look other at things. vampires. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yay. <laughs> we talked about him on the Vampires episode. He's a Tom Savini protege. Um, but I remember him saying that somebody else uh, was supposed to play Santa Claus in that episode. I can't remember who he said. I think it may have been Jeffrey Dean Morgan or somebody like that. I think it was one of the Walking Dead people, but I can't remember who it is. But they brought up, it kind of triggered that memory back. I'm like, man, he said somebody was supposed to be on that episode at Santa Claus, and they had a scheduling conflict. It's somebody that was, like, actually known. Hmm. So. 
I mean, that doesn't help anybody because I don't remember who it is. But yeah, man, hey, just so you know, especially some of you guys may have not seen uh, the Santa Claus that was supposed to be played by somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> but uh, what about you? You watch anything special this week? I did. I watched a couple special things. Uh, so first off, I went and saw. I saw two movies in theaters, <clears throat> and um, one of them. I saw the new Guillermo del Toro film. Nightmare Out? Yeah, you were saying it was really good, right? Sorry, I take a drink of beer. Yes. <laughs> Drinking before 12. Yeah. <laughs> um, Driving to the family inebriated. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hey, Deborah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I want to take a nap now. Pass out on the sidewalk. Thanks for the presents and food. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Guillermo del Toro's new movie, Nightmare Alley, um, which is a not a horror film, even though it is fucking dark. Uh, and oh, I thought it was kind of a horror film. Uh, no, not really. Uh, kind of, in, in some aspects, but not, I mean, it's not like Supernatural or a slasher or anything like that. I mean, I guess people being shitty, <laughs> it could be horrific that way. I mean, it has like a couple horror elements, but it's a noir. It's, it's him doing a noir film. Um, it's actually an adaptation of the book that came out back in the forties, I think. Um, or maybe it came out in the, yeah, I think it came out in the early forties and then it was made into a film noir back in the forties. Sorry, Tyrone Power. And, uh, that, that one's pretty good that this movie, even though it references that movie, it's more of a adaptation of the book than a direct remake of that film, even though, okay. it, you know, it, it definitely, you can see where it's influenced by that film as well. <clears throat> There's a lot of nods to it, but for for the this story is about for anybody that doesn't know, it stars Bradley Cooper. Actually, has an amazing cast because you have Bradley Cooper. Is he like in a new Renaissance, Bradley Cooper? Because he's in like a bunch of like big movies, and I haven't seen him in a while. Mm, no, not really. I think he's just been busy doing different things. Like he's got Nightmare he's Alley. He's pizza. got Licorice Pizza. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's been doing those Guardians and Avengers movies because he's the voice of Rocket Raccoon. And then he yeah. was directing Star is Born, and I think he was maybe producing some stuff. Oh, uh, okay. I think he's just been busy doing, like, other things. Fuck that guy. Get my- <laughs> just, I, I like Bradley Cooper. Um, but, uh, yeah, it has a fucking great cast because it's Bradley Cooper's Kate Blanchett, Rudy Mara, uh, who else? It? Willem Dafoe. One of the greatest actors of all time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rob Perlman, uh. Tony Collette, <laughs> David Stathern. Uh, who else is in it? Uh, Richard Jenkins, Mary Steenburgen. Just, I uh, love who's Tony who, Collette. Like, oh, yeah. Tony I Collette's great. She, she's great in this movie. Um, but it's it's a noir about Bradley Cooper is kind of this guy that's just trying to make his way in the world, uh, I guess. Um, and he chooses Nightmare Alley. <laughs> well, he... he Stumbles upon a carnival, and the carnival's kind of doing like their whole, you know, it's it's one of those old carnivals where it's also like kind of like a freak show, but like everybody's kind of like a shyster within like the carnival. Okay, you know, it's all so kind it's of like, like fake freaks. Yeah, stuff like that, you know. Um, so there's always like a kind of a game to like everything. Like the so bearded lady takes off like her that. beard. Yeah, they have like the geek who can like bite heads off of chickens and stuff like that. Or the man the with the world's can, like... tiniest pe- penis has <laughs> yeah, the I was world's there. biggest penis. <laughs> I was not that one. <laughs> <laughs> he rips off the tiny penis to reveal a giant penis. 
Yeah. Okay, go on. I'm sorry. It's like, oh my god, it's like a fake mustache. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez, it's really hard to cram my donkey dick inside of this thumbnail. But Bradley Cooper, uh, he comes across this carnival, and he's just like, the 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 owner of the carnival, who's played by Willem Dafoe, is like, hey, do you want a job? And he's like, sure. And he starts doing like little odd jobs, kind of moving his way up, and he becomes friends with a uh, magician and hypnotist kind of team and learns their tricks and then kind of goes from there. Um, and it kind of just evolves and evolves and evolves. But it's dark, man. Uh, it, first of all, it's Guillermo del Toro. It's cool seeing him work with something like a carnival or like a fair, you know. And it doesn't all stay there. The movie develops. It goes, you know, it goes other places and stuff. But it's cool yeah. to see him first work within something because a... a, a, a fairground type carnival like that is already visually interesting but when yeah. you're a visionary director like Guillermo del Toro he can bring so much to how it looks so it can have this like very dark look very gothic and it, it you know it's just it looks great the whole movie looks great I'm kind of interested because they're re-releasing it also in black and white to make it look more noir but the movie's so beautiful color-wise and everything that I'd say if you're going to see the movie, see it in color first and then maybe see the black and white after. Because oh, he has all a, those colors and everything. Wait, do you? how do you choose between the two? Oh, he's just probably going to re-release it. He's just going to release it in black and white also. So when you go to the movies, you can choose. Oh, okay. You'll see the regular one or the black and white. They'll have showings for both. Oh, sure. that's really But it should be like a limited release in like some theaters. I would, so. I would pay to see both. Yeah. Uh, I would see it again in black and white. Uh, but yeah, the, the movie even, even for the time, whenever this, when this book came out, uh, whenever it was full of, you know, the whole industry is full of noirs. Is during World War Two, post depression, everything. Even for the time, this story was fucking dark. Like it has venom dripping from its fangs, and watching it now, which is like a complete adaptation of the book, like all the way to the ending, it's just like. Did you read the book? Uh, no. No? Okay. I know this movie, the movie's ending is different than the 1940s film. Because the ending in this movie is the ending from the book. Oh, okay. Um, and it is... Uh, 1940s, they were like, you can't end this on a bad note. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, all noirs did. But even for the time, I mean, even compared against its contemporaries, I mean, it was dark material even for then. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just... it's directed by Guillermo del Toro and co-written by him and Kim Morgan, who is now his wife. Um... Kim Morgan, if nobody knows, is a wonderful film journalist, great critic, super talented. Um, she has a, a, a she's really good with film noir. She's great, knows a lot about it. So she actually wrote on, uh, you know, I'm a big Ed Brubaker fan, who's a comic book writer. Him and Sean Phillips, who's the artist he works with a lot. Um, when they do single issues of comics. A lot of the issues that give a little incentive has back matter. So you have like articles, like a little like news thing where it's like, hey, here's what I'm watching or reading or whatever. But there'll also be an article in the back that's usually written by some type of film journalist. And for a while, Kim Morgan was writing a bunch of these like articles where she would talk about a specific movie that kind of shares some tissue with whatever single issue story was in the comic book. So it's like, oh, well... The storyline in this single issue kind of mirrors this film noir and it'd be like a little article about this movie. So I was like learning about all these different movies from there also. She's a great writer. Oh, wow. And now her and Guillermo del Toro are married. Um, I, I don't know if they met while making this film, but you could tell 
her noir expertise. Like just married? Yeah, he got married this year. Holy crap! I thought he was married forever. He was married. He's married for thirty years, I think. Previously, and then I think he was going through a divorce, uh, separation while he's making Shape of Water, which Shape of Water kind of reflect. We need to have an episode where I talk about Shape of Water because <laughs> I have strong feelings about Shape of Water. It is a, a polarizing movie. Yeah, uh, it, it's not as polarizing as it should be, I don't think. No, um, I mean, like, polarizing in the sense, like, it's either you kind of like it or you really hate it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's fine. It's uh, okay. It's fine. I, I, the, the fact that one picture of the year against three billboards outside of Missouri. Wrong. Get Out, Call Me By Your Name, Lady Bird. It, I mean... Any of those movies would have been a great fucking... All those movies are fucking, better films than fucking Shape of Water, yeah. but... Uh, I, I don't know. People like fucking fish, I guess. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Clearly. Um, I mean, I, we'll talk about an episode we do on it, but I, I think it works, especially with him go through separation in one way. Uh, but we'll talk about it some other time. All I, right. I, I think it'll be a good episode. But, yeah, Sniper Alley, without giving too much away, it's a great film. It's very dark. Great acting. Some people... Or having different thoughts. I'd love to talk about more, but we kind of got to move on. Um, but it's good. I would love to talk about it more sometime. All right. Um, but it's very noir. And I, it, a lot of great scenes. Just a lot of character scenes, like, between two people. Just, like, talking about, like, the ins and outs of, like, different, like, schemes and stuff like that. Or different stuff. Well, and You know, now, uh, since I'm going to be at my mom's house this weekend, uh, one of the things we like to do on Christmas is... Go see a movie. <laughs> go see Nightmare Alley. Yeah, that's what we're, that's Especially what I'm thinking. Maybe that or li- we'll probably go see that or Licorice Pizza because the things me and Mom do for Christmas are usually we go to this one Chinese restaurant and get Chinese food. Nice. And then we go next door to the movie theater and watch a movie. Last time, last time we did it, I think we saw Knives Out. So. Okay, yeah, Knives Out was great. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I love okay. Knives Out. But yeah, done with that. <laughs> uh, also, do we have the speaker turn around? Yes, we do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was like looking. I'm like, wait, isn't that normally turned yeah, around? Yeah, no, that's supposed to be yeah. pointed at you. I'm sorry. Um, but anyways, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Nightmare Alley. Check it out. I also saw the new Spider-Man movie. I'm not even going to go really deep into that, but it does lead me to a piece of news. Is why I want to bring it up. But yeah, I saw Spider-Man No Way, no way Home. Worth it? Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is pretty good. It's not bad. Is it as good as the last one? Uh, it's better than it's better than Far From Home. I think I like Homecoming more. I got really excited. Is the next one going to be called Moving Out? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I think I think the new one's going to start a new trilogy because of where this one ends and everything. Okay. And they're already talking the news where it's like Is Toby Tom Holland's going to come back for three. I, I don't want to say anything to spoil anything. I don't want to spoil anything. Is he going to be the bet? Huh? <laughs> This is a strong beer. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got you got quadruple, quadruple yeah, dark just, beer. I was like, huh. I'm all of a sudden feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> I am drunk. Yeah. Um, it is a. Uh, I, I don't have to review a Spider-Man film because I don't yeah. want to. I don't. I don't have to do this. <laughs> I quit. No. Um, I, I don't want to talk about it too much because there's spoilers everywhere and people are still seeing it. I mean, this is the first massive success film since uh, the pandemic started, like, in theaters, box office, like, super success. Like, I mean, this thing, like, blew away 
box yeah. office. Of course, like it's kind of interesting seeing a big event movie come back even during a pandemic like this. I mean, you know, the vaccinations are out and everything, and boosters are now finally out. But I mean, you know, Omicron is going around and all that stuff. We were still in the middle of this, but seeing movies Omicron like, per CIA. Yeah, I always think of that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's it's good. It's fine. It's whatever. You know, I I think that everybody like on Instagram and Twitter were like. This movie is fucking amazing. Oh, my God. It's the greatest MCU movie ever. And I watch a movie. I'm like, oh, that was like every other MCU movie. The same thing. Okay. <laughs> That's why I don't go see I, them. I, I, it's fun. It's fun. It's good. There's some stuff I think is kind of dumb in it. And Let me some guess. Stuff I really there's a bunch like of people it. telling a bunch of jokes and everyone oh, not dude, reacting it's, yeah, like it's, it's a fucking joke. Yes. Yes. It's pretty oh, funny. I hate one. that. Yeah. It's, hate it's, it. it's when everybody's like super clever. Everybody's just like... <laughs> Like super witty, like shoot him off, but nobody up. reacts to like anything clever being said to each other, which always sticks out in my mind. We talked about this back in our Chud episode. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But about uh, how people actually laughed at a joke. Yeah, <laughs> but but this movie, uh, why I wanted to bring it up is uh, it, it's 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 pretty good. Um, I I think I think it got so overhyped that I got really excited to see it. I'm like, oh wow, it's really that good. And I saw it, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's it's, it's pretty good. It's not bad. Uh, not as good as Nightmare Alley though. No, fuck no. Right. No. <laughs> no, it's not. Even has a higher Rotten Tomatoes score than Nightmare Alley. I think that people like Nightmare Alley is so fucking dark. And some people have like other like, they, they say Nightmare Alley has pacing issues because it's two hours and 20 minutes. And they're like, oh, about 40 minutes can be shaved off. And I'm like, I didn't feel like it was two hours and 20 minutes. Like, there's so many great scenes in it that I was just like, no, I was fully engaged. But Spider-Man's like two hours and 20 some minutes also. And I'm like, this is too much of this shit. Like, shut up! <laughs> yeah. Like I've uh, seen this. I've seen this movie in thirty other movies. Pretty like, much, yeah. It's it's nothing like. I mean, most of the like surprise guests and stuff like this are like saw yeah. that coming. Well, well, yeah. I mean, it already got spoiled, so I was like waiting for something like really shocking. But like, it's just how the internet works with these movies now. Yeah, spoiled beforehand. But Willem Dafoe is in it. I mean, I don't think that's. A spoiler, because in the trailer you see Green Goblin on the poster, but Willem yeah, Dafoe's yeah. in this movie also. So, and we're gonna be talking about another Willem Dafoe movie a little bit also. But why I want to bring this up? A is, better one. <laughs> why I want to bring up Spider Man? It does connect into horror. <laughs> oh, Tom Holland's sexual allegation? No, no, oh. no, no. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> It's like, are you kidding? No, like, no, no, no. He seems, he seems like a very nice guy. I just watched him on Hot Ones. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great interview. It was. Um, but uh, I like how really he great. disses his his part in Uncharted. Like, yeah. He's like, yeah, this movie's not very good. It's like, dude, that movie hasn't come out yet. He's like, oh, well, it's not great. Like, <laughs> so I saw the trailer for it where I saw Spider Man. I was like, eh, yeah, video game movies, man. Just I don't know. No. Um, but Doctor Strange is in. Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, right. He's they, kind of like, you know, in each one of these Spider-Man movies, he has like a mentor figure. It was Iron Man, the Nick Fury, now Doctor Strange. Um, he kind of teams up with somebody that kind of takes him under his wing. Uh, the after credits sequence, this isn't a spoiler. This is a spoiler the movie at all because they released what the after credits sequence is now because it's why it's the news, is a trailer for the new Doctor Strange film. Doctor Strange in the, in the uh, multiverse of madness. Yeah, I saw the trailer. Uh, which Marvel is saying, is claiming, is the first horror movie they're doing for the MCU. We'll see. I'll judge that harshly. Okay, <laughs> so let's rewind a bit, right? When they did 
the first Doctor Strange, when they announced the first Doctor Strange movie, right? And first, before we say that, actually, I mean, you are Doctor Strange fans. Oh, yeah, I love Doctor Not the Strange. movie, but of the character. Oh, right? yeah. Like, we're big Doctor Strange comic book fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have the issue where Cloak from Cloak and Dagger became his cloak. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, and you saw that picture where you looked like a baby. Yeah, that one where that uh, Josh drew me as Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, was, it was actually a really good drawing. He, like, is, one of, he is definitely one of my favorite Marvel characters, for sure. So when they first announced the first movie, they hired Scott Derrickson to direct it, who, who did direct the first film. And when they announced Scott Derrickson was going to direct it, it was really interesting. Because we talked about Scott Derrickson before we talked about the Black Phone, which is about to come out in a couple yeah, months. Yeah, excited for that one. Scott Derrickson is a horror director. He directed last, uh, not last, actually. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. He directed, um, uh, what's that one movie with Eric Bana called where he's a cop? Uh, Delivers from Evil. It's like, it's a true story, quote unquote. It's like, I'm a New York cop and I came in face to face with some demons. I don't think you I see saw that, that movie. One. I don't think I saw that one because when you said good. cop, I was like, Last Shift, because that's a really great one. No, 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 no. no. I love that movie. Um, I think it's Delivers from Evil. <laughs> and then, of course, he directed Sinister. So when he got hired to direct Doctor Strange, it's like, oh, my God, this is going to be a horror movie. And then Doctor Strange is just a, a generic Marvel origin story with, like, not many horror things at all. Great last battle, though, because it wasn't a battle. <laughs> when he just keeps on yeah, getting killed over Dormammu and over again. Or whatever, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I, I'm going to spoil the movie because it's been out six years as a Marvel Yeah, you've, you've had probably time seen, seen it. it like... um, uh, but now... Uh, he just annoys him until he gives yeah, up. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> it was like some big dumb battle. He just keeps on getting killed over and over again. It's like, fine, whatever. <laughs> He's like, fine, you can live. You can have, you can have Earth. <laughs> it was kind of like the the uh, the ending of This is the End. Yeah. Well, I don't want to do Fuck that. It. <laughs> fine, whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> um, yeah, which we love that movie. Edgar Wright's great. But, oh, yeah. Uh, so Scott Derrickson didn't come back for the sequel. They were like, we're going to make a new movie. You know, we're going to make... I, I guess the, there was a difference of opinion. And I, I know Scott Derrickson came out during Comic-Con. He's like, hey, the next Doctor Strange is going to be a straight horror film. And then a couple months later, he wasn't attached to the project anymore. He left. So, uh... I, I don't know the details on that or what happened. So they brought in, speaking of Spider-Man, Sam Raimi. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see it with Sam Raimi. So uh, that I am kind of stoked about. I was. Oh, was. Why? I was. Because he has sexual elegance. No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's like, no, not Sam Raimi. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I, I, I wasn't until I saw the trailer. Because I'm watching the trailer and two things are going through my head. First of all, you hire Sam Raimi to direct your film. Sam Raimi is a director with a very distinct style. Yeah. We bring Sam Raimi a lot because he's very important as an independent... Before. Back, back before, yeah, when he first started, being this independent voice that made one of the I most influential I mean, how old was he when Evil Dead came out? 18 or something? Uh, yeah, he was probably in his late teens, early 20s. Yeah. Because um, he did that pretty fresh out of high school, I think. Um uh, the only uh, thing I did when I got out of high school was get better at jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to get the fucking gist of it. I don't know. I'm trying to get better at it. Um, you yeah, hold your hand upright. <laughs> oh, okay. It's on the wrist. Yeah. Uh, uh, so until I saw the trailer for it, and then I'm like watching the trailer, and I'm going like, well, they're saying there's a horror movie, but it doesn't really look that scary. It just looks like a regular Marvel movie. 
And like May looks like has a couple like dark things in it, but it's like it doesn't really like a horror film. And then I'm like, well, it's directed by Sam Raimi, but it doesn't look very Sam Raimi. It's just like another Marvel movie. Yeah. But now I'm going. What? What's the point? <laughs> Why are we doing this? What, what's the point? I kind of say that every time Marvel's like, we have a new movie coming out. I'm like, why? <laughs> I, I don't say that. I mean, I get it. You know, I, I, I'm I, tired of it. I, I guess superhero fatigue, but there's stuff that comes out. I'm like, it's pretty good. It, 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 you know, it has its place. It's keeps movie theaters alive. Actually, I still need because. to watch the the Vision show or whatever. One, I mean, there's been a lot of shows. I just finished Hawkeye. WandaVision, yeah. WandaVision's really good. Uh, until the end, because it's a big dumb battle in the last episode. Uh, of course, that's like Captain uh, Captain America, Jesus Christ. Uh, Winter Sol- Falcon, Winter Soldier. Uh, it's pretty good until the end, because it's a big dumb battle. <laughs> uh, what was the other one? Oh, Loki. Loki's actually stays pretty like weird the whole time. That was not bad. And then uh, Hawkeye was pretty good until the end, which is a big dumb battle. <laughs> but that's where it goes. This is where like all these movies go and shit like that. That's like we're making a horror movie. It's like, are you or is this going to end with like Doctor Strange shooting like laser beams in a fucking sky for like fifteen minutes at the end? Like, are yes. you actually going like just a hundred percent? That's exactly that's what every it's gonna be. fucking Marvel movie, which is like, <laughs> hey, we're going to have a bunch of like one-liners and snappy dialogue, and then like whenever it feels like we're actually saying something, that's going to devolve into just like people punching each other in the face for fifteen fucking minutes. Who gives a shit? They all end the same, <laughs> except yeah, for like, it's really annoying. except for like Guardians two, which is pr- like weird and really interesting because they let James Gunn do whatever the fuck he wanted. <laughs> uh, honestly, James Gunn, yeah, okay. Winter Soldier and Guardians are still the best Marvel movies. I think. Yeah, both of Guardians, both of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyways, two almost more than one. I-, I love two more than one. I think one is. I do too. Generic. Uh, generic Marvel. template movie two was like two is like really strange and people were like it's not as good as one i'm like no you're wrong one doesn't even have a memorable villain <laughs> no <laughs> fuck that dance battle oh. yeah. anyways welcome to the marvel hour um <laughs> you know very cool <laughs> if i wouldn't get in trouble i would say i would go shoot up marvel studio <laughs> oh my god <laughs> holy shit this is escalated <laughs> I would. Court. <laughs> <laughs> don't use this against me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's supposed to be a horror movie. But speaking of Sam Raimi, um, they did announce that that Evil Dead game we mentioned last week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's official that all the main characters, the five main characters from the very first Evil Dead movie. Um, are all reprising their roles in the video game. Hell yeah, that's <laughs> so amazing. So this is like getting bigger and bigger. Like just bringing all kinds of people in. So that's also, pretty if you don't have Bruce Campbell on uh, social media, Instagram, <laughs> it's the best. Yeah, he is so fucking dumb on there. Shimp Malone, is yeah, his he's name. The best. <laughs> Dude, it is so good. He's a shimp. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping because I like Sam Raimi, I like Doctor Strange, so I hope he does something interesting with it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we gotta move on though. The Northman. Yeah, looks great. Robert North- Eggers, it never lets me down. Yes, yeah, so we got Trailer for Northman, which is the new film from Robert Eggers. Director, uh, what well, we had a question a few weeks ago from, from JT about, like, why well, if I don't connect to it. And why everything. the Lighthouse is so amazing. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it is. Uh, if, we, if we were fans of it, and we are. Um, but, so, yes, he directed The Witch and he directed Lighthouse. This is his new movie, not made with A24. Yeah, I noticed that. Film. Yeah, that it surprised is, uh, me. Focus film and Regency. 
And um, not really horror, it looks... No, it's be, not a it's horror film. Like but I mean, Viking... it's arguable if The Witch or The Lighthouse are horror films. Which well, I, I consider them horror films. I, but, um, yeah, yeah. The Witch I don't know, it's almost like dark cinema. Uh, it's the more, Witch more than it's Lighthouse. It's just more yeah. like folk tales. Yeah, <laughs> They're exactly. just New England folk tales. This one is not New England at all, though, because it's Norse, it's Norse based on the story of Amleth, which Hamlet is based off of. Um, and it is a Viking revenge film. Alexander Skarsgård, yeah, Ethan Hawke, Ethan Hawke, Willem Dafoe, Anya Taylor Joy's coming back from. Uh, he's worked with Anya Taylor Joy. Looks like she has not aged one year. No. Uh, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, I mean, it looks yeah, Nicole Kidman. I forgot about that. Bjork. Bjork is in it. <laughs> oh, Andy gave me a Bjork CD, and I still have yet to listen to it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that seems like something Andy would do. Yeah. yeah. He's great. Yeah, we love him. He's probably listening. Uh, so we don't have to say anything. No. <laughs> we'll talk shit right now. No, no, we love Andy. He's the best. Um, but yeah, the Northman looks really good. Trailer finally came out. Comes on April. Uh, looks like it looks like Robert Eggers film, but uh, looks like way more action packed than anything he's done before, of course. And looks looks awesome. Ultra violent and weird and awesome. Uh, wow, this is a really we're going deep in the news today. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Well, we're going to give us talk. So, listen, it's been almost two weeks since we put episodes, so a lot of fucking news has been That's building true. up. So we're sorry, guys. Uh, you could always my skip. Fault. You could That's always. That's my fault. No, it's not your fault. You got to say that's not your fault. <laughs> um, it just happens. I'm gonna grab another beer. Okay. Keep talking. Uh, you need one? Uh, no, I'm good. Thank you though. Um, but yeah, the the Northman is. I I think it's gonna be uh, good. I, I'm I'm excited to see him not only working with Anya Taylor Joy again, but working with Willem Dafoe again. I mean, I'm just I, I've been Willem Dafoeing up recently because watching Nightmare Alley, watching Spider Man, I want to watch the Card Counter, which I've been meaning to catch up on, which he's in. I mean, he's just in fucking everything, and that's great because he's great. He's the best. <laughs> he's he's one of my he's. My favorite actor out there right now, other than somebody else that we need to talk about, because we got some new news, guys. Oh. And that leads us into Cage Watch. That's right. Hot off the presses. New Nick Cage news. Woo! I'm excited about this one. Nobody asked for it, but we, we're going to talk about Nick Cage. <laughs> I don't know what this horror podcast is evolving into. It's evolving into a multimedia extravaganza. We're not even focused on horror. But isn't it kind of like boring when we're just like, what is a horror podcast? Anyways, let's talk about Frankenstein again. We're like, whatever the fuck. Well, here's the thing. Our main topic is always horror. Yes. But we can do whatever the fuck we want. Because it's ours. Let's talk about how how Travis Scott and Drake should get sued into oblivion. Right. We'll talk about Spider-Man. We're talking about what the fuck we feel like. Because... Is our podcast and nobody listens anyway. So. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you anyway. Yeah, also, that Instagram ad shit did not work. <laughs> uh, it boosted. Did you boost that other post? I boosted three posts. Oh yeah, the the, the uh, Bernie Wrightson one. Did it blow up? Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, I mean, shit. not not a lot, but for us, like we got like forty likes on I think or some shit like that, which is the most we got on most of them without. Because I I was like, it asked you like what you want more. I'm like, I want people to see our page more, and it was like, you went up three friends. I'm like, fuck you. Yes, I paid for this. <laughs> yeah, you paid for three friends. People do it in Vegas legally. That's true. For, for, for money. That's true. It's a lot more expensive there, too. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> um, 
But yes, Nicholas. Cage. Anyways, Nick Cage, who may have bought prostitutes in Vegas once. I don't know. He fought uh, prostitutes in Vegas. Vince Neil in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think that was Vegas. I don't know. But go on. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody wants to just fight Vince Neil anywhere. Yeah, fuck that yeah. little tubby bitch. <laughs> <laughs> just that Brian Posehn video where he's just making fun of him. Yeah. <laughs> Did the Molly Crew fucking uh, live show footage. Yeah, <laughs> just like, devil. You, How do you forget the words your own song? <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, yes, Nick Cage uh, he is somebody we do like, and he has a new movie coming out uh, that we got a trailer for called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, where he's playing himself. Yes, and it looks amazing. It is an action comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, he is hired by some extravagant millionaire, billionaire, or something that hires him for his. Oh, well, he has to be a billionaire because Nick Cage is getting paid like a million dollars just to show up on his private island, I guess. Because it's a private island, yeah, or something like that. Uh, well, I think it's like a, a resort, a resort, something like that that he goes and stays at all yes. the time. But Nick Cage is playing himself, and he wants to hire Nick Cage to come there and reenact all of his characters. They just played in, like, different movies and stuff. And uh, Nick Cage is playing a very meta version of himself where he's poking fun at himself. It's not like something... But, like, usually when people talk about Nick Cage and meta, they think of, like, Adaptation, the Charlie Kaufman film. Yeah. Which is an amazing film. Uh, an Academy Award-winning movie. Actually, I'm sitting right over there. Because um, I'm a little bit of a Charlie Kaufman kick. Um, but this is not that. This is him... In on the joke, doing like making fun of himself and making fun of like all like his weird, you know, uh, quirks and and things that he's known for and like yeah, paying for like weird things and stuff that people know Nick Cage as as a personality. But Pedro Pascal plays this the, this rich man that hires him to perform for his birthday, and then I can't really tell from the trailer what happens, but devolves into them getting chased around an island. <laughs> And stuff, a resort and stuff. It looks and amazing. It looks awesome. It looks really funny. Um, I, I mean, not only do I love Nick Cage, I really like Pedro Pascal a lot. Tiffany Haddish is in it. Ike Barinholtz is in it. It looks good. Um, not a horror film. No. <laughs> but it's Nick Cage. Uh, we have to do our Cage watch. Yes. Do you have any thoughts on it? Like, uh, Honestly, it's one of the movies I'm most excited about next to Northman coming out. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, except for those two. Early in the year, I'm excited for uh, Scream. Oh, yeah, Scream, um, for sure. Uh, That's coming out soon. Yeah, Black, Black Phone. Black Phone. I'm excited for that. the Batman. I don't know. I think I like Matt Reeves. I like what he did with those Don the Apes. Uh, Don the Apes, Jesus Christ. Don the Apes. Don the Planet of the Apes and War of the Planet of the Apes films. Morning of I the like, Apes. I like, I like those Apes films. I like Night those, of the Day. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, give me another beer. <laughs> you want one? Okay, no. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm still sipping on this one. Uh, <laughs> I mix it with my coffee, so I'm just like, oh my God, that toilet's going to be painted later on. Probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the three kinds of substances. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually had like a huge thermos of coffee before coming over. Um. But yeah, it's it looks good. I love. I mean, Nick Cage has been going through a cage assaunts over the last oh, yeah. few. Like this year, man, he's been in so many I'm fucking for movies. It. I'm for it. But like, like, he's been big stuff. Also, I mean, some of the stuff he's putting out is some of the best he's ever put out. Well, I think that directors are finally learning how to use them. Use them, 
and stuff, which I don't think they didn't know how to use them before. But with some things you did, and those are things like, you know, like Wicker Man or whatever, or people like the ones that people make bees. Yeah. <laughs> Not the bees. Um, but I've always liked Nick Cage, you know, he's one of these actors I'm always like happy to see show up or whatever. But I mean, this year, I mean, Goddamn Pig may be my favorite movie of this year. Yeah, you were saying that. I and, uh, uh, he, so he can do, like, he can act restrained and interesting and, and very stoic, but he can also be over the top, which there is, like, a quick shot in that movie where he does act like full Nick Cage because he steals a bike from a kid and he yells in his face. Nick Cage, <laughs> come on the show. <laughs> yeah, Nick, come on. We'll yeah. Pay, we'll pay you a million dollars. No, we won't. But, uh, in Monopoly money. Yeah, Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, Monopoly money? I may have to come on the show then. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, guys. You All got right, guys. Deal. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll come on your show. Okay, <laughs> that's my that's my Cage impression. Uh, <laughs> oh no, he came all over our show. <laughs> oh my god, Nick, stop! <laughs> uh, but yeah, so let's get into our main topic. There, we still have our main topic. We had a lot of news. All right, trailer time. So yes, let's delve into a trailer. He's back. It's the terrorizing sequel to the film that shocked a nation by breaking all the rules. It's Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. Santa's back, and he's mighty miffed at the naughty nun who drove his demented brother on a murderous rampage that made headlines across the country. Now, step by step, weapon by weapon, victim by victim, Santa's gonna finish what his brother started. So you better watch out, you better not pout. Because Santa Claus is coming to your town, and he knows who's been naughty and who's been nice. Hold on tight for the sequel that'll chill you through your very soul. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. So, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part Part 2. Yes, I know it is a, uh, this one is a cult classic for sure. Yep, directed by a man famous for movie trailers. (laughs) Yeah, um, so it's directed and written by Lee Harry and co-written by Joseph H. Earl, who are both editors, which we'll get into. They are not film directors or film writers. And it connects into the behind the scenes of this movie, which I think the behind the scenes of this film is almost more interesting than the movie because the movie is kind of perplexing. Why is that, Rocky? Well, we can't really talk about Cyanide Daily Night Part 2 without... Spoiling Silent Night Deadly Night Part One. Yeah, because it is Silent Night Deadly Night Part One. Yes. So, if you haven't seen the first Silent Night Deadly Night and you want to, you should turn this episode off. If you haven't seen Silent Night Deadly Night Part Two, and you want to, you should turn this episode off. If you haven't seen either Silent Night Deadly Night. You should just watch Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Yeah, because it because is. Because it is the first It is film. the first movie. And you may be thinking, well, Rocky, what do you mean? Well, this movie literally has half of the movie is footage from I the first like film. I would say like 80%. 40, 47 minutes of new footage of 40 minutes of old footage. <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. That is the, that's how much. Um. That is almost an even split. Um, close to it. Also, if you guys hear hammering in the background, somebody's working on a I don't think a our mics are that down. good. <laughs> well, um, I'm going to let you guys know because I'm going to just start knocking around. Somebody's hammered it. next door. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with that being said, 
before we talk about Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, uh, let's let's talk about Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 1, or just Silent Night, Deadly Night, real quick, okay? Um, so, Charles Z. Seldier, uh was the director, and Michael Hickey was the writer. Uh, it was a huge smash hit, the first film. Came out in 1984. The same day, it was released the same day, as Nightmare on Elm Street. Damn. And I didn't it was know that. Killing Nightmare on Elm Street, the box office, the first weekend. And then parents got involved. What do I mean by that? Well, the trailer started running before a couple of different things and stuff. And parents had a fucking fit over it. Um they lost it because it was Santa Claus killing people and everything. Um and then Ebert Roper got involved with a review and they criticized the movie and it just went downhill from there. The production company or the distributor got cold feet. They pulled the movie from theaters. What? Yeah. Fuck you, Ebert and Roper. I'm glad whichever <laughs> one of you is dead. They're, they're both dead. What? I yeah. thought one of them was still alive. No, they're both dead. Fuck them both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, Silent Night Deadly Part Silent Night Deadly Night is a story of Billy. Billy is uh, when the movie starts a child, and him and his baby brother. Uh, I think what he's like eight years old at the beginning, five years old. Billy or Ricky? Billy. Yeah, Billy is like five and, at the beginning, and, and, and Ricky's a baby. Ricky's a newborn baby. Yeah. Um, or driving around with their parents on Christmas Eve. They go to visit uh, their grandpa who is in a mental institution um, and he's allegedly catatonic for uh, he's not catatonic, but he's, he's, he doesn't talk to anybody. He right. Just, he just he's sits just there silent. staring off into the distance. Yeah. Um, turns out he's a bullshitter. And whenever the parents walk away to go sign some paperwork, Billy is left with his grandfather and the grandfather tells him, Hey, uh, Santa Claus, you should be pretty fucking scared of him. He's a lunatic. Uh, and if you're bad, he'll punish you. Have you been bad? And he's like, no. It's like, well, you better hope not. And he scares the shit, shit out of Billy. And then um, his parents come back, take Billy off uh, to go back home. Turns out at the same time as they're driving home, there is somebody dressed like Santa Claus committing crimes in the in the town. He just knocked over a, what, a liquor store? Yeah, Rob's a liquor, liquor store, store. Shoots the clerk. Um, car breaks down. He, he yeah, does his car break down or does he pretend his car is broken down? I think he pretends. Either way, he does it right in front of where the family is. He shoots the dad. Tries to. Attempts to rape the mom. And just stabs her. Just slices her neck open with mm -hmm. a switchblade, which isn't how switchblade works. <laughs> you can't just fucking serrate somebody's neck. <laughs> it is a stabbing weapon. Um, but, uh, uh. In front of Billy and baby Ricky, who wouldn't remember any of this, but we'll come back to that. Both of them are taken to an orphanage, a Catholic orphanage is ran by nuns. Slightly abusive. Uh, one is super abusive. Only one is. And that's mother, mother uh, Superior. Mother Superior. Yeah. What was her name? Is it just referred to as Mother Superior? I thought she had a name because uh, the other nun's name was Mary. Yeah. Of course, of course, it's fucking Mary. Yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> of course it is. it's Mary. All the other nuns are nice to Billy, but for some reason, for some reason, in the first movie, 
people forget the trauma that Billy had. Yeah, they the mother superior is like he doesn't remember that. It's like yeah, he does. He dreams about it every night. Like they have a Santa Claus come to the orphanage on Christmas Eve, and he completely fucking flips out. Yeah, he's like, no! like no, and they're like he doesn't know what he's. It's like he's out just acting him. out. It's like are you kidding me? He saw someone just like Santa Claus kill, kill his, his parents and attempt to rape and to kill his mom. <laughs> um, but uh, he grows older in the orphanage. In his abusive orphanage, uh, he gets a job at a local toy store. Ira's Toys. Yes, Ira's Toys. Um, one it, where, where he is living a pretty normal life. Uh, we're still talking about the first movie, by the way, guys. We haven't talked about the second film yet. Um, he, uh, The guy that plays Santa Claus at the store for the Christmas season... Gets sick or something happens to him. So, Billy. So, them knowing Billy's trauma. The the orphanage has explained to the owner of this toy store. Hey, uh, he saw Santa Claus kill his parents. Goes, hey, let's get Billy to play Santa Claus. <laughs> hey, you could be the killer of Santa Claus. <laughs> Which makes Billy snap. Well, that's not what sends him over the edge. Well, it's the two people fucking. Because... Seeing his idiot girlfriend. <laughs> be Was a... that his girlfriend in it? I don't know. I thought they were a relationship. I thought they were just like But then like she's like friends. making out with this other guy that works at the place. And then they go back into the back room. And he tries to rape and her. And then he tries to have sex with her. And then she's like, what would give you these mixed signals? And then she gets upset, of course. Now I'm like, yeah, why the fuck did she get upset? He tries to sexually assault her. Billy kills him. And then she gets upset. That's yeah, then she gets say. upset. She's like, oh my God, how could you kill that guy who sexually who just tried assaulted to rape me? me? It's like. And also, because she's a he terrible was sexually actress, so she's not selling you? anything. Like, she hasn't sold anything. I don't know what her thing is. She's awful Like, no, actress. you should totally kill that guy. What yeah. are you talking about? Kills him, kills her, kills fucking uh, his boss and this other lady that works at the place. Ira. <laughs> his name is Ira. His boss. Yeah. yeah. But, but what's the woman's name? The old, the old lady that Dawn. works there. Don. I don't know. <laughs> Don King. Don of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Don of the Apes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he goes from there. He takes on the Santa Claus persona going, I guess he's just going door to door, killing people, whatever. Punish. So, yeah. Um, he's punching people. He thinks they're naughty, including one of my favorite, Are, screen, my, probably my favorite screen queen, Linnea Quigley. Uh, he impels on some deer antlers and kills her boyfriend. Yeah. Which is kind of like, I, I don't random. get what they were doing. That was naughty to be, uh, I guess having sex. I don't yeah. Know. It's like they're in a relationship and they're having consensual sex. What is what is the punishment here? The best part of the first movie is that... Uh, he must be really religious. He's like, no, you have to be married. The <laughs> best part of the first movie is that this one cop goes to the orphanage because they're like, oh my God, Billy's going back to the orphanage. We're yeah, and he shoots a random Santa Claus. He shoots a random Santa Claus. And they're like, they shot a Santa Claus. Like, oh my God, that was Father Peter or whoever the fuck. Uh, it was the janitor. I thought it was a pal. I thought it was a now nah, it a oh, it's like he's deaf. He's deaf. <laughs> and the cops just like, well, sorry. Nothing happens to him. He kills an innocent, <laughs> an innocent man like with like no, like he's just like. I remember I was looking for an evil Santa Claus. I'm just gonna shoot the one that's here. <laughs> like Which is really, I mean, is, is that kind of like police work in a nutshell? Yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> oh, I just shot a man. They didn't respond after I just yelled his name twice in the back three times. <laughs> yeah, right. so I'll just kill him. <laughs> yeah. So that's the first movie. 
what happened from there is that Ira Barkmack, who was the producer of the first film, right, was mad at TriStar because they pulled the film. A lot of people got mad at TriStar. Yes. He got the film back. He gave it to Aquarius, who, re- who re-released the film the very next year, 1985, in like April or June or some shit. Like, yeah. Not near Christmas at all. And then in 1986, Live Entertainment, who we'll get to in a second, released it on video. And that's whenever it, like, like it was Blew the fuck up. big know. on video, a lot of rentals. It became an instant cult classic. Now, Live Entertainment, uh, I guess, after Live Entertainment got it, eventually uh, a, producer, a producer named Larry Applebaum got a hold of the film. And... Uh, He's like, hey, let's make a sequel to the movie. And I think that the sequel came out in 1987, which is like three years I after. I believe that's correct. It's in 87. Um, he did not want to shoot a new movie. He wanted to make a sequel to Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 1. But he's like, I don't feel like shooting anything new, but I want to make a sequel. So he goes to Lee Harry and Joseph H. Earl, who are both editors. And he says, hey, I want you to re-edit the first movie into a new movie. (laughs) They did. They totally did. Well, kind of. (coughs) What happened was um, they tried their best to edit things out and work things around and try to make a completely new movie. For what they had, they did a good job. (laughs) With the jigsaw pieces they had. And this is before they shot anything new, right? Yeah. Um, and they finally went to uh, they went to Larry and they were like, "Well, we we can't do this. Uh, we can't. There's we we tried like we tried to edit the first movie. Yeah, like how do you make a new, a new movie, movie without <laughs> with filming anything? Which is insane. That's in that's yeah. That's like mind blowingly. Like what the fuck are you talking like, think about? Think of any movie you have ever seen." Right. Think of any movie you have ever seen, and let's say you went to see a sequel to a movie, and it was just the and same. They just movie. chopped up the scenes from the first movie and just mix them around a bit to where they didn't even make any sense. Right. So Lee Harry goes to uh, Lee Harry and Joseph H. Earl go to Appleton, and they're like, "We tried, but we're, we're going to need to do like some shoots. Like, give us seven days and a hundred thousand. And we'll shoot some stuff to connect all this stuff, and we'll give you a new movie. Which seven days shoot is very quick. That's yeah, super that's quick. super quick. Um, and you can tell watching this film. And Appleton agreed. Oh, sorry, Appleton. Apple bomb agreed, and uh, uh, that's what happened. So they, that, that's that's what happened. That's what happened. <laughs> um, so they went and they shot a new movie. And honestly, they both get credited. This movie, I think, has six credited writers. <laughs> because they had to credit both of them. They had to credit a few. That, like, they credited the producers. <laughs> Jesus. As writers. Um, and I think they, they also credited Charles D. Snellier and Michael Hickey. Because, like I said before, half this movie is the first movie. Um, so in this movie, finally we're getting to Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Um, is... Uh, uh, 
I think this was produced and put out by Live Entertainment, by the way. Uh, who is owned by Jose Menendez. Have you heard about Jose Menendez? Sounds familiar, but I don't really care. Um, Jose Menendez owned... He wasn't uh, a porn guy, was he? No, he owned okay. Live Entertainment. Um, and his sons, <laughs> Lyle and Eric Menendez, killed him and his wife. Oh. Killed their parents. <laughs> Did not know that. You never, okay, never heard of this. Eric, yes. We're sick of these shitty half-assed movies, Dad. Um, <laughs> as a matter of fact, there's a uh, Mark Jackson, who played for the Knicks, um, trading card that they took out of circulation. Because um, in the card, you can see on the uh, on the sidelines, on the court side seats, those sons, the sons are sitting there. No which shit. Which they probably bought the tickets with their recently deceased father's money. Oh my god! Damn, you got some this good, before they were arrested. Good so they're like, they're this. like, we are taking this card out of circulation. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, so he, and this happened before this movie even came out. So we didn't even see his vision of making a sequel to Silent Night Deadly Night come out. <laughs> so yes, um, <laughs> uh, Lee Harry only directed one other movie. It's called Street Soldiers, but he was an editor. Uh, he didn't do a short film. He did a, a short film on Shutter recently. Oh, did he really? Yeah, called The Whistler. Did you watch it? Yeah. Is it pretty good? It's not bad. Oh. I mean, it's a it's a really short, like kind of like Pied Piper-ish movie. Huh. Um, all right. Uh, he also um, edited a film that, that we like. He uh, edited Hellhole. Yeah, he sure did. Uh, which Applebaum was a producer on that film also. That's actually where they first started working together. Uh, so, and we love Hellhole because fucking Robert Zadar. Yeah, but we just go Robert Zadarsky. Before if you got Zadar in it, we're in. Yes, is <laughs> uh, kind of got started in that, in that film. Uh, so, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. You want to say what the plot is of Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 since I explained the first one? So, now we catch up with uh, the little brother, Ricky, mm-hmm. who was also at the orphanage with Billy. Yeah. And uh, Ricky is in jail. Uh, for untold reasons at the moment as he recounts to a psychiatrist who comes in and wants to record speaking with him and he's like billy or ricky this is your last chance and last chance for what who the fuck knows (laughs) he doesn't really explain that and um so he just recounts the story of his brother Billy and then they proceed to show the footage from the first movie <laughs> for 40 for 40 minutes. fucking minutes <laughs> and then eventually we get on to Ricky uh and why he's in trouble uh part of which is just uh randomly punishing people behind the restaurant he worked at <laughs> punish punish um, and then uh, there was a love sequence between Ricky and a young lady named Jennifer, played mm-hmm. by Elizabeth Caden, who was also in Friday the 13th, Part 7. 7, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, New Blood. Yeah, so whenever Jason basically fights Carrie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or was that... I thought that was 8. No, 8 is uh, takes Manhattan. That's right. That's right. That's Kane Hodder's first one. Mm-mm. I thought 8 was his first. Mm-mm. Which one? I think it was seven. It was seven? seven Okay, that's the one one. where he gets lit on fire. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, so 
he falls in love with this girl who is also in a lot of other like movies like as a secretary or something like that <laughs> yeah, no, right. nothing ever but like main role but sure. um and they end up falling in love after she hits him on his <laughs> motorcycle <laughs> um <laughs> She's back up into him. Yeah, she's no, she doesn't even back up into it. She just like rams pulls into him. Pulls right out of a parking spot? Yeah, he's yeah. pulling out of a parking spot. And she just rams into him, but he just kinda like He just goes oh. like, Oh, you look on like, the ground. Aw. But he's in and, his cool leather jacket. <laughs> but then uh they're at a movie and he's getting really annoyed by these two guys in the back. And the movie is <laughs> actually it's funny because the movie is about a Santa Claus killer, and they're like, "Oh, when Santa Claus is a killer, and he just in the movie he goes, what? Like, what the, the the movie they're watching? The movie theater is the first movie. No, it's a different guy. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's not the same. Oh, it's, but not it's the Billy. same scene though, right? No, it's a different person. Is it really? Yeah. I, th- I thought they were. I thought it was like the the liquor store. Yeah, it's the liquor store scene. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. It's, I'm it's thinking the, Billy. I'm like, no, that's not Billy. Yeah, it's, it's from the beginning <laughs> yeah, of the first right, movie. Right. So he's just watching the first movie in the <laughs> yeah, second again. movie. And he goes, what? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so eventually, um, her ex-boyfriend Chip, because <laughs> his name Chip. Chip is the most <laughs> '80s person. Guy '80s person ever. ever, and he's just like, "Hey, we fucked in the back of my car." Yeah. So you love me, right? And she's like, "No, I don't want to be with you anymore." Blah blah blah. And he harasses her in the movie theater, and they're like, "Okay, fine, we're we're leaving." And then he comes back. Uh, Ricky comes back after killing the people in the back row. <laughs> they were being annoying during the yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, and then it fast forwards to him walking in a neighborhood with her and going like, oh, we're going on this romantic vacation and blah, blah, blah. And then they run into Chip, who's fixing his car battery. And <laughs> this is what you do, just fix your car fix battery. Your car battery. <laughs> and he goes, hey, guess what? I fucked her. <laughs> and he gets really mad. And he takes the uh, cables that he was charging the battery with and uh, blows his eyes out of his head (laughs) by his teeth. Um, And then all of a sudden, Jennifer hates him. She goes, I hate you. Why would you kill him? I hate you. And then he immediately loses her. Immediately murders her. She immediately gulps and goes, "Uh uh-oh. And then he strangles her to death. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, she does. She comedically gulps and gets strangled to death. Which, which, okay, let, let's stop right there, real quick, because this connects into what I said about Silent, what we just said about Silent Night, Deadly Night, the first one, right? About a woman getting sexually assaulted and being upset whenever Billy kills her rapist. Um, Ricky kills her rapist. Huh? Ricky kills, him. not Billy. No, in the first movie. Oh yeah, in the first movie. Fuck me, man. Yeah. I'm getting all over the place. Yeah, the first film, uh, and then in this one, this chick. I mean, this chick, this this guy, uh, who has clearly been like a piece of shit to Jennifer, right? And Ricky Luza kills this guy, and Jennifer gets fucking mad, right? Mm-hmm. He, there's a time in this movie earlier though that I thought this was going to happen again, where there's a sexual abuser, and I thought a woman was going to get mad whenever he gets killed, but it doesn't happen because. What, when Ricky's first victim, yeah, she learned, says thank you. We when he Ricky's runs him first over with victim, the Jeep. yeah, is a guy. He's like, I think he was just walking around the. Okay, 
rewinding a little bit. Ricky gets adopted from the orphanage because I have this in my notes. Ricky by the gets Rosenbergs. adopted by, by yes, by Jews, which is kind of funny <laughs> because the orphanage is like, you know what'll fix his Christmas, his 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 Christmas fascination of being afraid of Santa, which Ricky has no reason to be afraid of Santa. By the he way, does, he well apparently in the interview he says he remembers. He has Billy's memories. Yeah, why? Like he didn't witness his parents getting killed. Billy did, but he's triggered by things that happen in Billy's memories. Yep. So the orphanage goes, well, these, this nice Jewish couple wants to adopt a child. They'll solve all his Christmas problems because they're Jewish. <laughs> they don't have that problem anymore. <laughs> they don't even celebrate it. But his, uh, which he says his, his adoptive parents are very, very nice, and he was very close with them. But the father passes away of natural causes of some sort and he needs some alone time so he's walking through the woods or some trail that's near the house or something he says he would just walk for hours and he comes across this couple having a picnic and all of a sudden (laughs) the boyfriend or man in the 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 couple gets very rapey (laughs) yep very quickly so ricky just the keys are left in the ignition of the car, this couple's car, and Ricky just runs the guy over multiple times. Multiple times, and I'm like, "Oh man, this chick is gonna be mad she, at him." Why did you do that? Yeah, she's gonna get fucking mad, and she's gonna start beating him up. He's gonna fucking kill her because, like, this has happened a couple times now. But no, she just like sitting there, go, and she looks at him, and he looks at her. She goes, "Thank you." And it's like, there you go. I'm that's like, how. It- yeah, that's probably how it would happen. <laughs> yeah, you're just... in the middle. Nobody's around. Like you got sexually assaulted. Somebody saved your life. Nobody was there witness that the guy was murdered by somebody. You could just be like, oh, like it was the vehicle was accidentally on neutral, ran over this guy, or like whatever. Multiple times. <laughs> like you don't know, say like, yeah, yes. <laughs> the court's like, wait a second, but they can't. They can't argue it, right? Her fingerprints aren't on the steering wheel. That's true. You know. So. uh yeah, I mean, that's probably what happened. But then, like, whenever Chip, who's, like, the biggest douchebag ever, like, starts, like, verbally assaulting Ricky and Jennifer. I think he throws her on the lawn, too. Yeah, and then Ricky loses it, which, by the way, Ricky is played by Eric, Eric Freeman. Freeman. Yeah, Eric Freeman. And uh, he's a big guy. He's yeah, a, the only, like, notable fucking... things I saw him in is that he was in, in living color for mo- a lot of it. Yeah, apparently he was... Went to Hollywood to become, like, a pretty serious actor. Didn't work out. Jennifer. Well, this is one of the first things. Well, <laughs> this is, it's not fully his fault. Apparently, uh, Joe Earl was egging him on, like, on the side of this, like, set. The, the not Like, Harry didn't want to do, like, he's like, no, it's fine. It's going to be fine. It's cool. So the writer, the other editor, was like, no, fuck that. <laughs> I want more. So he would just egg him on for the side of... Of the set, and just be like, "Hey, uh, no, no, just do more." He's like, "You sure?" He's like, "Yeah, just overact. Like, keep on going." It's like, "All right, move <laughs> your eyebrows insanely yeah. all the time." Yeah, he's very much an his eyebrows actor. are all over the place in this movie. <laughs> his acting is amazing. <laughs> Jennifer, he's the best. I mean, this movie. Why, why this movie is better than the first film, in my opinion, is one line. <laughs> okay, so so Sonic Deadly Night is probably a pretty legitimately like. Is it 
legitimately decent. It's like, a good slasher. Slasher film. Like, it's a good slasher. It's, and, and it's kind of different from like most slashers because it must be like the first of its kind, kind of. Well, number one, they give you a reason to feel sympathetic. <laughs> well, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Unlike other slashers at the time, unlike Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street, which came out the same day, or Friday the 13th or whatever, whenever slasher is kind of like a force of nature or something like that, right? Yeah. This is one of the first slasher films... Oh, then maybe like Psycho, but I don't consider Psycho slasher. That may be a Not controversial really, opinion. No, no. It maybe it's a proto slasher in a couple ways, but this is like the first one where you actually meet the character when he's a child and grow up. It's it's almost a pre, it's like a precursor to Rob Zombie's Halloween, where if you're introduced to the killer as a child, and then you see their trauma and they kind of grow up and they become this killer, but you're seeing things mainly through their eyes instead of a killer. Where you're the victim. Right. You're in the eyes of the killer instead. Right. And this movie is through the eyes of somebody who has nothing to do with anything in the first movie. Yeah. But they're recounting the first film. Um, and it's not, it's not a bad movie. This one, though, since it's so much footage from the first movie, you're getting all the beats that are entertaining yep. <laughs> from the first movie and everything you need to know without all, like... The, the I don't want to say the boring stuff, but like all like the building and like the little moments and like things. Yeah, like you that. just have a guy describe it in one. Yeah, sentence. you get all the kills. You get like all like, hey, this is everything that led up to this. Here's all like the big parts and everything like that. We did the whole movie condensed into 40 minutes. Here you go. And what's filled in other than that is just entertaining scenes of overacting. Yep. From Eric Freeman. Absolutely. Is just <laughs> he is just all over the place. Like. I don't want to call him an awful actor because he's too entertaining for me to be like, this is giving me a headache watching this guy. Because he's too entertaining. He, I mean, I, like, honestly. He I, makes this movie. It's like a, it's like an actor who's been egged on by somebody. It like, is. Just keep acting more. Keep oh acting my God. more. Yes, yes. It, it, he's, he's great at it. But but let's go back to, to, to where Chip gets killed and Jennifer gets killed. Right. So continue your <laughs> synopsis. Um, so after he kills Jennifer, he just kind of randomly goes on a killing spree, which is in the neighborhood. This is, this is the part that became the most famous scene in the movie. Yes. Uh, he just randomly like shoots a guy who's like, Hey, what's going on here? Blam dead. Well, he gets a gun because a cop shows up. Yeah. He, that's right. Who is a complete Barney Fife. And then he just points the gun at the cop and the cop shoots himself. Yes. Um, and he, he takes, <laughs> is the dumbest cop yeah. ever. But then he comes across a guy who is just setting out his trash for the day and he gets these wild, <laughs> crazy eyebrows. Like, Garbage day. He goes like, huh? <laughs> and he, what? And he just shoots him through the trash can. <laughs> And that is the most famous scene of Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. And this is a pretty great stunt in it also because there's like a car that's coming towards him. Yep. And he just shoots the driver. Oh, yeah. And it like goes on its side. and It almost hits the right. stuntman. Almost. Like the stuntman ducks down right in the nick of time. Yeah, and they keep it in the movie. Like the stuntman <laughs> doesn't even look like Ricky. But yeah, and the car blows up. Yeah. <laughs> and everything. It's great. As they always do. Dude, it is hard 
not to watch a scene and laugh like the whole time. Oh no! It gets so ridiculous. It's so like unless you've seen the film, you don't understand. No, you need to watch it because if anything, you're getting two movies in one. (laughs) Number one, you're getting two movies in one, and one of the most iconic memes ever. And uh, if you don't understand Garbage Day. Yes. And you need to fucking watch this. Yes, you do. You have to watch you, this because it will make that a million times you funnier You need to understand to Garbage Day. Um, um, and and the, the best thing about it, though, is that during this scene, the cops show up because he's walking around. She's murdered six people. Six people, yeah. Um, cops show up, like a bunch of cars. They all get out. They all have their guns pointed at Ricky. Ricky still has the revolver he stole from the cop. Yep. Goes to shoot himself. Yeah. But yeah, that's the thing where they're like, put it down, put it down. They're being like super aggressive, like fucking drop it, dick bag. We're going to shoot you, whatever. And he goes and puts the gun to his head. They're like, wait, stop. No, your life is important. (laughs) (laughs) You have so much to live for, like staying in prison forever. (laughs) They immediately become the most sympathetic people. No, please. (laughs) You, no, not not this way. You have so much to live for. <laughs> yeah, it's just, um, it's so dumb. And that's what leads it back to the beginning of the film. Why he's talking to the psychiatrist and everything. Oh man! And then uh, you find out that during this whole time, he's recounting it led to him killing the psychiatrist. And then it leads to him. It turns into a revenge film. All of a sudden, for some reason, he has a problem. Mother Superior, also. Yeah. So he goes to orphanage to kill Mother Superior, who's had a stroke, apparently. No, she doesn't go to the orphanage. She goes to her apartment. Oh, yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Uh, he wants revenge because of growing up in the orphanage. Well, Billy she... died trying to kill her. Yes. So he's like, oh, yeah, I'm Billy, I guess. I'll take care of this. There's no reason for him to have any of Billy's feelings or mental problems or anything. But he Yeah, she didn't even really abuse Ricky. The only reason why he's, like, retelling the story is because Billy told... At some point, Billy told him the events of the first movie, including where he went around killing people and where he died. Yeah, I mean, it was like, oh, no, so you feel bad for your brother. He's like, uh, what or what was it? It was like, oh, you miss your brother. He's like, oh, well... Duh. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so so Ricky goes to confront Mother Superior. And, you know, we won't spoil any more of it. I mean, even though it's like the last five minutes of the movie. Um, but it does turn into like a Tom and Jerry. <laughs> yeah, it really does. <laughs> which which he's apparently had a stroke um, prior to the scene. But for some reason, her face is horribly scarred because of Apparently, a they don't understand how strokes work, and they're like, oh, well, that side of the body goes limp, and they're like, I guess it rots off. Yeah, it looks like, like, no, like that's not how it works. throw it in her face. She looks like Two-Face. Like, yeah, it does. She looks like Two-Face. And uh, don't get me wrong, like, when she dies, you're like, yeah, she had it coming. Yeah, right. <laughs> Probably. Um, there's, <laughs> there's a part in it. Whenever uh, Ricky's a child, right, and he's out shopping with his adoptive mother. Yeah, <laughs> the, the fucking. And these uh, nuns are walking, and he's like, his mom is talking to some some lady, some friend, I guess, that she saw on the street, and they're like talking. It's like, mom, mommy, mommy. For some reason, he has a nun fear also, even though none none of this stuff that happened to none Billy of happened it. to him. <laughs> none, none of, of it. it. God damn it. <laughs> And she's she doesn't care. She's like, Mom, nuns. And she's looks, she's like, Oh, nothing. I'm Jewish. I don't believe in nuns. <laughs> she say that, there's nothing there. There's nothing there, Ricky. 
But then he looks into a shop window where the nuns go into, and there's a red cloth, and he's triggered because it reminds him of Santa Claus. And the randomly, mom, yeah, and the and and his adoptive mom looks at uh, Mama Rosenberg, looks at Ricky, and then looks at the the, the cloth. And it's like, oh my god, how could I be so blind? It was red. Like, he does this every time. There's something fucking red. What the f- like? What? I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> this movie has so many like wait what moments. Um, the movie was shot. Uh, first of all, the interrogation scene was in a veterans hospital. Yep. Uh, also, the movie was shot in Sierra Madre, which John Carpenter used a lot. Um, the cemetery scene in Halloween was shot there. Oh, okay. Uh, the fog was shot there. Uh, a lot of Halloween two was shot there. Good God, does he talk about how much he hated making the fog? <laughs> because they wanted to, but the fog's great though. It is great. Um, I guess they want. I guess it's bless you. Thank it's you. a great place. Um, that that has kind of midwestern feel, and I guess they want that midwest like small town kind of feel for this movie, which they they generally get. They don't use the talent too much. They kind of just use that one. Street. Did they use it in H two O as well? Uh, maybe. It may have. Hmm. Not sure. It um, looks it looks familiar. Is yeah. What I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> the, the movie, even though it's a Christmas horror film, doesn't have a lot to do with Christmas until like the end. Yeah. A lot yeah. of it has like nothing to do with Christmas at all, <laughs> except for the, the scenes of the first movie. And, and it's very that very it was filmed on Christmas Eve. Yeah. It's not. It's That's not about a, it. <laughs> it's not very. It's not very Christmassy film. <laughs> But it is fun. It is. Um, it's really hard to sell the movie unless you kind of watch it. Because, um, like, if you like bad movies and you have never seen Silent Deadly Night Part 2, um, this is kind of like the the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Um, as far as it goes. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> if, you like, if you like getting together with friends and having a couple of drinks and watching bad movies, you should watch this. And I think that if you haven't seen the first movie... That you don't need to. You can just watch this movie because half of it is the first film. And you'll probably enjoy it just the same. You'll probably enjoy it more without seeing the first movie. Because I think the first movie is a little slow. It is. I, I mean, this is just kind of like all the best parts of the first movie. When you have movie. the cliff notes of the first movie. And it's shooting through intercut with really bad acting. From your oh, yeah. the top act of Eric Freeman and the, and the psychiatrist. Uh, which Eric Freeman, I guess, people couldn't find him for a long time. It was thought that he... Went into hiding out of embarrassment for mm-hmm. years and years and years. <laughs> but I guess that wasn't what it was. I guess he just left acting, maybe. Um, it looks like he retired. Uh, yeah. He, he did some in Living Color, and then he did some movie called Unknown Weapon or something okay. like that. And that was kind of like his last credits were in like the late 80s, early right. 90s. Yeah, I guess he resurfaced, and I guess he has a pretty good attitude about everything that happened. Which is just like, oh, yeah, like, he, he's I not tried. a dick about it or anything like that, like, you know, he has a good sense of humor about the whole thing, so. But he's really the best part of it. It's because of him and his, like, his choice of acting. Eric Freeman, come on the show. Yeah. (laughs) Come on the show, Eric Freeman. Freeman. He's great in the movie. Honestly, we we might be able to get him. I know. Maybe. Yeah. We should try that. It's just like, God, everybody just wants to interview me about this. If we could get a thousand followers on our Instagram, maybe we can convince people. Maybe we could. So if you have 998 friends. (laughs) Tell them all. Tell them all. Yes. Tell them all to do it, or, or you'll you'll do something. I don't know. Or you will be punished. Punished. <laughs> punished. Garbage day. <laughs> uh, yes, watch the film. I don't yeah. know what else to say about it. 
Rocky and Blaze say, check it out. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, check it out, for sure. But we don't want to make this run any longer than it has to be. So let's go to the next segment. Another curation of Blaze's Cabinet. <laughs> what up? God damn it. What story? <laughs> what story we got? Uh, uh, well, we're at the video games. We're not at mythology biology yet, so it's not a story. It's a game. What story is this? <laughs> so, uh... Fuck you, Blaze. Because, <laughs> because for the next few days, this is on sale on Steam from $15 to $4. That's- did, you, did you mention this game... I remember I was talking about it. We before, talked about it, but, but I don't not know if you mentioned show. this on a previous episode because when you were looking for a game, I remember you talking about this. No, I don't think I mentioned this on show. Okay. Uh, I mentioned it off the show. Yeah. 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 I talked to you about. Yeah, that. but I, I don't know if you also mentioned it on here last. Episode. No, we didn't. All right. Nope. Nope. Fuck you. <laughs> oh. Um. So it is a little game mm-hmm. called uh, Krampus is Home. There you go, all you Krampus lovers out there. We should have. You know, we tried to avoid being that fucking person, but here we are. Fuck you and your (laughs) stupid, shitty Krampus. You have a Krampus shirt. Everyone knows who Krampus is. I know. (laughs) You have a Krampus shirt. I am wearing a Krampus shirt. (laughs) DOA clothing, everybody. We love him. Check it out. Check it out. Yes. Rocky modeled for him. I did. I did. Check it out. (laughs) Should do an episode, DOA. Yeah, we should totally get that, dude. Yeah, He's very definitely. nice. Uh, it is developed and published by Regal Studios. R-E-G-L Studios. Um, so this game, you play as a young boy named Sebastian who is waiting on his parents to arrive on Christmas night. And they are stuck in a snowstorm, so he's in the house alone. <laughs> um. As, as children do. As children do. As children just left at home. Alone. Also, he looks like he's like 20. But... Oh, great. <laughs> well, he's a child at heart. Yeah, child at heart. Yeah. Um, so this, it, it has very much almost a dead by daylight feel. Okay. Where it is like, okay, you have things chasing you, mm-hmm. but you have to repair things or complete missions during that time without being caught or killed by them right so eventually it starts off you're watching a movie and you notice something outside and it's like okay go check outside go look outside and it's like okay i don't see anything there and then it's like oh you get a call from your parents turn off the pressure cooker like all right i'll turn off the pressure cooker and then it's like oh you know it's dark why don't you turn on the christmas tree you got to turn on the christmas tree and all of a sudden you hear who's clopping oh So, uh, it didn't work out well for me the first time because I was like, where the fuck is that hooves coming from? Let me look outside. And then I went inside and I looked upstairs and a zombified reindeer (laughs) destroys me on the stairs. Oh. So, there's different characters as you go through, like reindeer and... um, Is this a first-person game? It is a first-person game. Okay. Yeah, you're running around just trying to, like complete little tasks and missions and such like that and um but you can run away and hide and you have to turn off your flashlight and you you have like 
uh, each hand can do something else at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it is uh, it is pretty interesting. Um, and eventually, after you get through the reindeer and you get through the little elves running through the house and stuff like that, eventually you hear the big clippity clop of Krampus. Of course. And um, as one does, you end up getting kind of like teleported into the, like this new Christmas themed evil house world. <laughs> like it's really, it is a, uh, it's pretty creepy. Uh, but uh, it is, like I said, usually this game's like fifteen bucks, and for like the next week, I think it's four dollars. So definitely hop on it if you want a little fun game to play while you're ignoring your family. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, I'm <got> my gifts. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the gifts. I'm going to go play video games. I'm going to go play some video games. But yeah, I was actually looking at the publisher and developer, uh, which are the same person. And uh, this is, it's weird because it's one of, it's the highest rated holiday horror game on Steam. Oh, okay. But it is the only game they've come out with so far. Oh. I haven't seen trailers for new games. I haven't, like, didn't see, but... Is this it, is it so far. It's a good-looking game? Yeah, it looks very good. Like, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. You definitely could tell it's an indie game. Like, this you isn't something can. you'd be like, oh, it's Xbox Series X or sure. something like that. Yeah, right. But for what it is and how small the team is, mm-hmm. like, it, it's impressive. Nice. And it looks good, and it's fun. Cool. So it is definitely a game I recommend checking out this and holiday Krampus, season. And your favorite folktale. Yeah. You love Krampus. Yeah. You have a Krampus shirt on. I do. <laughs> After I was just talking shit about him. <laughs> um, it's fine. I have a Scrooged shirt on. Yeah, but that's good. <laughs> oh, no, it has Krampus on it. I, I, I actually taped a picture of Krampus onto my shirt. Oh, that's right. I forgot you asked for the tape and you put that printout picture of Krampus I'm on I'm like, there. all right, so this movie has Bill Murray, but hold on, hold, hold on. on. Hear me out. <laughs> what if it has Krampus and Bill Murray in it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a fun little game. And I think it's like one gig, so it won't take much on your computer. But get it for the holidays. You have till January 6th because that is technically the last day of the Christmas season. Yeah, it'll be two days from my it'll birthday. It'll be the 12th. Yep, two days. <laughs> two and, days before and, my birthday. And uh, another year of life. Yeah. You know what that means? What? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> it means closer. the monotony continues. It's so closer to where I want to be. Dead. Dead. <laughs> um, yeah. So that is Krampus is home. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> that lead- now, now, now can I go to mythology biology? Yep. I got so excited about it. I want to completely skip your fucking video game. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Let's go mythology biology. All right. So now that we passed that video game, uh, it's now time for a cabinet of video game curiosities, right? Is that what we're doing now? Nope. (laughs) Fuck. Nope. I thought you had another video game to talk about, but never mind. Nope. All right. What are we talking about then? Mythology, biology. Oh, <laughs> what story we got? We have the story of Frau Perkta. Okay, it is a, a German and Austria story. Another from German story 
from the uh, 1200s. This is um, the, uh, this is the third one we've had? This is it like a third German story we've had? Mo- uh, the last one was Icelandic, I believe. Oh, was it? Yeah. But did it connect in Germany? Let's see. I actually have the notes for there it right go. here. Because Grillo was. I believe she's Icelandic. Was she? I thought, I thought we had some German. That would be Germany. Maybe not. I mean, I'm sure we had somebody that was German on here. Well, no, it's only been me and you. Oh. I'm not sure. Nobody else. Grilla. Yes, she's Icelandic. Oh. I thought, I thought they crossed over, but never mind. They probably do. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of, like, European descent and European mythology kind of spreads throughout. Kind of the same way Asian mythology goes through Asia, same thing with Europe. You know, yeah, a lot of it shares stories. Yeah, sure. So... Where was I? <laughs> Telling the story about... Uh... Frau Perkta. Yeah. So, her appearance is a haggard old woman with a beaked nose that is made of iron. Okay. So, she's got a hard nose. So, she's like that uh, villain from Darkwing Duck. Yes. That, that chicken. Yes, the chicken named Frau Perkta. <laughs> yeah. Still um, beak. Frau Perkins Diner. Um, she's dressed in rags... And uh, they actually say a lot of the things that she has interest in and punishments for are similar to the Norse goddess Frigga. Okay. Which I thought was kind of interesting. So, uh, unknown to the people she comes to visit, she carries a very long blade under her rags. But her main thing is, is that during the holidays, she will come to see if your home is clean and that your flax thread is spun. So flax thread is uh, an old material they used, like from flaxseed to make yarn and stuff mm-hmm. like that to um, make clothing and whatever. And right. um, it was very important at the time that you had this done because during those winter months, it was like, you know, very necessary that you had these things. Sure. So her thing is, is that she would, it, you know, like most stories, like with Krampus and stuff like that, it's supposed to make you know kids scared of the punishments for not being good and punish which ricky and billy fixed for us (laughs) yes um so this was kind of like it didn't really uh, apply solely to children it was to adults too to get your work done before this ends and it you know it's the same kind of thing as the wendigo where most of these folk tales come from warnings and our story of warnings of what not to do and sure. it's like you know the wendigo is don't eat people yeah, <laughs> like sure, sure they're all morality tales yeah so this one is get your fucking chores done mm-hmm. so frau perkta would come in and see if the flaxseed was spun and the house was clean and if you left her a bowl of porridge which actually the actually leaving things on the holidays originated from her before saint nicholas okay so uh it was actually you had to leave her a bowl of porridge all right well i mean cookies stay way better than fucking porridge. cookies stay much like, better she better get here with she's the gonna get there and it's 15 like minutes ah it's cold i guess i have to kill everybody in the house. <laughs> i'm stabbing you with this blade i carry around yeah oh this porridge is too hot this porridge is just right yeah. well but, that's what i was thinking like well, is that why Goldilocks had it like a complete <coughs> fucking bitch? <laughs> because she, <laughs> she knew this tell? So, yeah. So, 
Frau Perkta would come to visit to make sure your home was clean and that the flax uh, thread was spun by the 12th night of Christmas, January 6th. Okay. So you had to have your chores done before the end of the Christmas season to be prepared for the next year. These fucking Christians always have to outdo us Jews. So if the, It's like, oh, you got eight days? Well, 12 so as one of, her, one of her base punishments is if you had a clean house and you left the porridge, but you left the flax unspun, she would set fire to it, which would catch the whole house on fire. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But um, if none of these things were done, Frau Perkta would stay with you the night and interrogate you before bed. And when you believe she had left, she had stowed away into your room. And while you were asleep, she would disembowel you and fill your stomach with rocks and twigs and then set you on fire. <laughs> wow. Um, but interestingly <laughs> enough, she's, she's just awful. <laughs> yeah. She's the worst. Yeah. So it's, it's funny because uh, uh, the name didn't become like a thing until the 1400s. Okay. But she, like as a character, was mentioned in the 1200s. But one of the best known images from her is from the 1700s, which I thought, 1750s, I believe. Okay. So, but what is very interesting about her, and I didn't really see much on it, um, but I'm sure there is. I'm sure I just didn't have enough time to really... delve deeper into it uh is that when not during the holiday season she is associated with the wild hunt oh really yeah huh interesting yeah i thought that was very strange yeah Uh, and she is seen more as a spirit there in the wild hunt than she is an actual like being but they do believe frau perkta in the austria german area was associated with the wild hunt that would come out and you know, hunt people. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, and the basis of Witcher 3. <laughs> yeah, right, the wild hunt. She's not in Witcher 3. <laughs> no. Maybe a reference to her, but yeah, her but, directly is but not. But she is in Cyberpunk 2077. Yep, she's in Cyberpunk 2077. She's the part that ruined the game for Yeah, she, she just glitches out. She's the, the glitches. She's like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> just, just She's the one that disappointed everybody about this. <laughs> This game everyone waited on forever. She's the reason. It's your fault. <laughs> Frau Perta, you ruined cyberpunk. <laughs> but yeah, so that is the summarized story of Frau Perta. Cool. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. It's yeah. an interesting one. She's a little different than the other. She doesn't steal people. Like Yeah, she's just like a crazy homeless person. <laughs> yeah, with an iron nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's equivalent like now somebody having like, you know, a bunch of false teeth and stuff, you know. Yeah, sure. Just a different time back then. They would just like change the whole. Yeah, change the whole nose. Um, But yeah. Yes, we we, we hear you. Yes, Yes, somebody's knocking. Yes, you can hear them in the background. Um, Oh, it's Frau Perkta. (laughs) So you say with this tale, check it out. I say check it out. This is one of the more interesting Christmas folklores. Cool. Well, that sounds like a fun video game. Anyways. <laughs> no, wrong segment. Anyways. Um, that is our Christmas episode. One of our Christmas episodes. On Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve. Yes. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, 
We know we went a little... Jesus Christ, this distracted me. <laughs> yeah, that fucking hammering next door. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, but yes, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we know we went a little over what we normally do, but we did have two weeks, almost two weeks of uh, news and stuff to go over and developments and everything. So if you listen to the whole thing, thank you guys. Um, if you do want to reach us, you can. You can listen. Uh, you can reach us at Instagram yep. for the Blade Apples podcast. You can... Hit us up on the email, uh, which I haven't checked in a little bit. So if you did send us a message, I may have not seen it, but that is bladedapplespod at gmail. Uh, you can hit us up on the Facebook. I never check it. Does it sound like they're getting louder the more we talk? Yeah, they're like, Jesus, fuck. Fuck Shut your podcast. Shut up, I'm trying to hammer over it's here. It's just like Krampus is reindeer over there. Yeah. But yeah, you can uh, hit us up on the Facebook also. I'll, I'll get a notification on there if you want to. You know, if you want to start talking about something on there, start a post or something, then you should. And we'll see it. Um, but yeah, we would love to hear from you guys, you know. Uh, we would love to hear from more people, especially if you have topics or something you want to hear us talk about. We would love to talk about it. Um, Jesse, we, we, I've seen you on that Instagram like crazy. Yeah, Let's hear been, what you want to hear yeah, about. Yeah, Jesse. Reach out to us because uh, if you commented recently and everything like that, I want to hear from you. And thank you for doing that. Yeah, thank you. Um, and thank for all you guys for listening. Like I already said, you know, I mean, really, without you guys, we wouldn't be doing this. I mean, we probably would. I mean, we, we talk in the ether anyways. But Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we just kind of spread it out there. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But um, it, it's better with, you know, three people listening. <laughs> But yeah, uh, next episode, I think we're going to do a New Year's movie instead of a Christmas film. We were trying to decide which we wanted to do, but I think we're going to do New Year's Evil. Yep. Yep. Just in time for New Year's. Um, so uh, that'll be next week. And then we'll try to figure out something going into the new year about maybe a new plan of action or maybe start doing series or, or something like that. So just give you guys random things. Maybe, maybe become a little more focused or maybe not. I don't know. Who knows? It's like jazz. We just, you know. Freeform. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Freeform. We Freeform. love watching it. Favorite, yep. Our favorite TV station. Um, <laughs> uh, but thank you guys for listening. Uh, thanks to Stefan Mize for giving us the art uh, for, for the podcast. Great guy. Check him out on Instagram. Uh, he's just under his name, Stefan Mize, or under the uh, Crawling Panther Tattoo Parlor in uh, Ocala, Florida. Just Crawling Panther Tattoo. Find him on Instagram also or on Facebook, whatever. Awesome guy. Loves horror. Uh, does great tattoos, does awesome art, uh, blaze for editing everything and all that. Um, and if you guys are listening to this before Christmas or while traveling today, be safe traveling. Yep. Um, try not to be annoyed by your relatives too much. We'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, for you. They think for me, I just had to go visit my parents and yeah. that's all. But you have to, you have to visit other people. Um, who may not be the best conversationalist yeah. uh, of a certain topics. Very true. <laughs> so that's why you've been day drinking. Yep. <laughs> um, I understand. And if anybody listening has that problem also, well, 
have a couple drinks, listen to us, or bring your headphones along and listen to the rest of the episode. We give Pretend you a little... you're listening to your family. Yeah, I'm like, oh, no, I hear you. It's like, what's oh, on your ears? Hmm. Hearing aid. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> wow, your hearing aids look like AirPods. You're like, oh, yes, interesting. Yes, yes, right. Black people. No, I shouldn't have rights. Got you. Yes. <laughs> Whatever you say. Th- thank you. Thanks. Oh, no, no, no. Yes. Uh, Thanks, Uncle why, Buck. Why, why, why should you get the vaccination? You're right. Yes, absolutely. Yes, no. This is all very smart. Yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yes, we all know. Right. Family. It's wonderful. <laughs> but yes, happy holidays, everybody. Uh, whether you're celebrating Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever. Whatever you guys celebrate. Festivus. For the rest of us. For the rest of us. Enjoy it. Have fun. Yep. If you don't celebrate anything. Uh, have a one, good day. <laughs> have a good day. Message a family or friend. You know, tell them how much you love them. How much they mean to you. You know, treat yourself. Whatever you want to do. Do something for yourself. If Get anything. that holiday coffee from Wawa. It's, it's good. A, I am. I am today. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it is great. Yes. But uh, anything to add? No, that's it. Happy holidays. Yes. Yes. Happy holidays, guys. And until next time, remember, even though it's the Christmas time, it's fine because every day is Halloween. So please act accordingly. See ya. Bye.